Welcome back, my friends. We are on a spiritual journey called Beginnings, and I want to thank you for taking part in this with me. We have been going through a few weeks of grounding ourselves in some spiritual disciplines right from the Bible, hoping to give ourselves a foothold into some spiritual maturity. We have tackled some of the bigger issues in life. We have tackled some of the fundamental and foundational things that make us uh, believers part of the body of Christ, and we're going to continue that today. My name is Andy Addis. I have the privilege of being the pastor at Cross Point Church, and uh, we are offering beginnings as a way for everybody each and every one of us, to get a hold of some real practical things that can move us forward spiritually. Now, we have walked down the road. We've talked about assurance of salvation, and we've talked about baptism, prayer, Bible study, a lot of the disciplines that we might guess, yes, that's a discipline. Uh, But what I want to share with you this week is one that uh, may be a little out of the box. You may have had to guess a few times if you were going to put this on a list of disciplines. It's the discipline of service. You know, service takes discipline, but you wouldn't think that's uh, one of the growth elements of the faith, but absolutely it is. It's a step of maturity, uh, and it is a Christian essential, as Christianity has so many externals. Now, what do I mean about that? The very heart of the gospel is to tell good news, to go out and tell others. Jesus was uh, one who came to us and a servant he made himself into. We see this motif again and again in Scripture. And yet in our culture, we have kind of assumed that, uh, you know, those who really serve, those who have position or or take on a role or a ministry, they must be the spiritually elite. But the truth is, man, you don't have to read very far in the Bible at all to see that it is not for the spiritual elite. It is a basic Christian fundamental that God's people would serve. That's just the way it is. And this is totally countercultural in a consumer mentality. We live in a world where uh, we are looking for what's best for us, and uh, we are constantly on the lookout for how we can get ahead. Now, this is ingrained in you. I'm not calling you out for this. Every single one of us who uh, grew up in America, we were we were taught from birth to be consumer-minded. Uh, we're always looking for the best deal, and we think that uh, we're, we're happiest when people are serving us. So it is counterintuitive to come to a faith system, a belief system, where we are told that serving others is part of that process, that serving others is a great blessing in that process. Now, let me tell you how far it's gone. Uh, Even in church work itself, in Christianity, in the culture of uh, the church today, you hear people saying all the time, well, we're shopping for a new church, shopping for a new church. And what are they looking for? Man, they are shopping for a worship style that they like or a preacher that really speaks to me or programs that they might have for my kids. And and what you're looking for is again and again, what what can you do to serve me? How can you how can you service the needs of my family? Let me ask you a question. How different would it be if you moved to a new community or you decided you were going to start going to church and instead of looking for the best church for you, you found the church with the biggest needs, the ones with the big gaping holes in uh, in ministry and in service and you said that's my church because I'm called to serve. And that's a completely different mentality. And that's why I say that service is counterintuitive because real service isn't one in which you're saying, well, I'll serve because I'm going to get this back or I'm going to serve because of this benefit. Now, true, there are benefit after benefit after benefit when you are really involved in the body of Christ. But that's not why. It's not the motivation. Matter of fact, Mark 10 is the attitudinal summary of Jesus' take on Christianity. In Mark 10, starting in verse 42, listen to this. And Jesus called them to him and said, 
You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, that's the heart of the gospel right there. Jesus said, I have come to serve, to serve to the point that I give my own life, that I sacrifice everything in me, that I might ransom those who are lost, and that he establishes the culture for the church. If you want to be tops in the church, then you serve at the bottom. If you want to be the one who is considered by God himself uh, of esteem, then it's not the haughty position, it's not the great title, it's the elements of service that he says are valued in the kingdom of God. Let's take a quick tour of the Bible, just real quick, and I want to show you some things that just make this pop, 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 pop. This is going to make this pop so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about here. In James 2.18, we see that service is an evidence of faith. It's going to get under some of your skin. I'll be right back. Let me, let me read the passage for you first. James 2.18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You see, we've become so grace-oriented that this sounds scary to us, and, and boy, we don't know what to do with that. Let me tell you that what Scripture teaches, it's not that if you work hard, then you have faith. But somebody who really has faith, who's really been blessed, who really has a relationship with God, that the outpouring of that, the natural outpouring of that is going to be that you would serve and love and sacrifice. And that's why it's an evidence of genuine faith. People work in the church, work in the community, work for others, sacrifice and serve because they've already been given so much. And it's an evidence of what God's already done in their life. Ephesians 4, 28. Here's another one. It's part of our quick tour of the Bible, and it's that service is a work ethic in Christianity. Service is simply a work ethic in Christianity. In Ephesians 4, 28, it says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. You see, it's not even just about don't be a thief. We know that's a commandment, right? That's number eight on the top 10 list of God's things that you are not to do. Don't steal. But it's not that you just don't steal. There's a work ethic in Christianity, and it's that you should not just not steal. You should work so that you can share, not just for yourself. You should be productive, and part of what you do every day in taking care of yourself should also be with the thought of taking care of others. Which brings us to the third part of our tour through the Bible, looking at service, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And this one's great, that service is in all things. Service isn't relegated to the one hour you serve at church or the project that you volunteer for, the mission trip that you go on. Service is in all things, Colossians 3, 23, and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Man, I love that. As a believer, that means when you go to work, if you have the right heart and the right head about you, you are actually turning that into a mission field, that you can use that as an opportunity to serve. That when you're working in the home, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, that is actually service that can be rendered to the Lord as, as a way of increasing the kingdom, and it's how he views that. There is nothing that you do that uh, as, a, as a work or a project or an act that if you, don't, if you do it with the right mind, the right heart, 
that God sees that and will bless that and will use that, will empower that and strengthen that as a work of, ser- work of service. I think that's amazing. So here's the scoop. There is a verse in the Bible about you. Yep, it's just about you. I found it for you. It's 1 Peter 4.10. It's talking about you. Here's what it says. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's about you because you are one of those, one of those as each. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Three simple things out of this passage. First of all, everybody has a gift. Everybody's been given a gift of God that should be used in the context of the church and in doing productive things in the world. You have been given a gift. You can't say, well, I don't have one, or he missed me, or I don't like mine. Stop. The Word of God, it's written about you right there. You are an each, as each has received a gift. Everybody's got one. Second, other people need it because you've received the gift. Use it to serve one another, it says. Whatever you've got, whether it's patience or singing, whether it's wisdom or it's service, what, whatever your particular gift is, if you don't express it, there's going to be a need somewhere in the world that's unmet because God planned on you being obedient and using your gift, the gift he gave you, and you open that gift so that others can be blessed. And finally, here's the most dramatic part. Everyone has a gift. Other people need it. And when you use it, you become a vehicle of God's grace. Go back to the verse. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. How do you pour grace on somebody? How do you reach somebody with the grace of God when they won't go to church or they won't listen or maybe they're hard-hearted or they're bitter or, or whatever it is? You know how you do it? You serve them. And when you serve them, You become a vehicle for God's grace. They can't help it. They can't run from it. They can't hide from it. You are transporting as a good steward of God's grace because you're using the gift that he gave you for somebody else, and God's grace gets all over them. There's nothing they can do about it. So you want somebody to come near to God. Maybe you can't get them to church. Maybe you can't get them to read their Bible. Maybe they won't pray with you. You serve them. When you serve them, you are a good steward of God's very grace, and that's what gets poured out. So, so here's what you need to do. Let's just say, okay, Andy, I'm biting. I'm no longer wanting to be a consumer. I want to be more than an attender. I want to be a member. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. Here's the first thing you need to do. You need to find your gift, and there's a couple ways to do this. First way to find your gift is to go by what I call trial and error. And I actually love this method where you just say, you know, that interests me, so I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, and you say, I'm going to sign up for this at church or I'm going, to, I'm going to be a part of this and volunteer. Now, I'll tell you, at our church, we'll welcome almost anybody doing almost anything. And if you're really bad at it, we'll tell you and we'll help you find another place. But most likely, you're going you're gonna to thrive wherever it is that you're willing to serve. I mean, if you're directing cars in the parking lot and there's a 14-car pileup, then you're probably pouring coffee the next week. Does that make sense? But that, do- that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't happen, right? doesn't happen. So what I'm saying is trial and error. It's a good way to do it. Or maybe you're a little bit more cerebral and you would like a little study time. Maybe you investigate everything before you get at it. Well, we have a, a spiritual gifts inventory for you that you can uh, you can assess your own life online. It gives immediate feedback as to some of what the Bible labels as specific gifts. And, uh, and boy, I would love for you to check that out. Go to crosspointnow.net slash gifts crosspointnow.net slash gifts. 
It'll take you a few minutes to walk through the inventory, and then it will give you immediate feedback and tell you what that's all about. The um, beginnings email will have a direct link for that if you uh, didn't catch that, if you're listening to this on the road or something. So uh, I want to encourage you to find out what your gift is. That's the first thing you need to do. Find your gift, whether trial and error or take the test. Next, talk to a pastor. And when you do, you can either volunteer for something to say, you know, I think I want to try this, or just ask, where's a gap? What what can I do? What, where do you see me fitting in? I guarantee you that every pastor I know, if somebody came to them and said, I'm just looking for a place to help out, man, they got some places for you to help out. There is one thing that we do not have a shortage of, and that's openings. I mean, we, we may have a need for some uh, finance or, or uh, may have a need for some energy, but we definitely do not have a need uh, for openings. We got plenty of those. And so we would love for you to talk to a pastor and ask uh, where to serve or volunteer for something. And finally, number three this is most important. Once you've decided to do this, throw yourself in. Don't be tentative. Come at it full force. You know, it's a blitz. Come across the line and, and bring them down. That's, that, that's what you should do. You should make a mindset right now that if I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it to the very end. And if I don't do it right, I'm going to pick it back up and try another position. We're going to do it again and do it again. But I tell you this, when you follow the Lord in this way, when you offer yourself as a servant and you sacrifice, and it will be a sacrifice, time, energy, resources, all kinds of stuff, you're following in the footsteps of Jesus. How can it get any better than that? It will lead you in a way, it will guide you in a way that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you'll be growing in Christ. As you learn to share your life in service, you will grow your life in Christ. I hope this is a blessing to you. Follow through on some of these steps, take the inventory, volunteer, do something. Let's see what God will do as we continue to grow. Many blessings on you. Thanks for being a part of Beginnings. We will see you again next week. Bye-bye.